Ring, ring with Renny Revis. Hello and welcome to the show. We've got someone very special with us today. Someone you may or may not know. But don't worry, we'll explain all the inside jokes. Just sit back and enjoy the voyeurism, folks. It's Ring, Ring with Renny Oh, hi there. I am a sentient tackle box. I've got stitches inside and outside of my gums on the right side from my surgery last week, top and bottom. Hell hath no fury like wanting to tongue stitches in your mouth that feel like fishing line. All temptations have been surpassed by my desire to play with string. I've gone full kitten. Today's guest is my friend, Shondalia White. She's a stand-up comic, actor, writer, producer. Yeah, you know, all the things. She plays Georgia on The Loud House and The Casa Grandes, and was awkwardly invited to get down on some cake as the purple elf girl in Pixar's Onward. I met Shondalia doing stand-up. I can't remember, but I'm sure both of our names were mispronounced. She currently has an Instagram series with Mary Basmagian called Integrated Family Talks with Vartush and Annette. The episodes bring awareness to both Black and Armenian issues through characters and comedy. Here's some info that'll help eavesdroppers better understand our conversation. A dump bucket, yes, that's what it's called, is a communal spit container provided at wine tastings. It does take away from the elegance of a refined environment, but getting smashed and face planting after a booze buffet is arguably less dignified. An endoscopy is a medical examination in which a camera attached to a long tube is inserted into someone's body and broadcast onto a TV monitor. Oh, I've seen worse. I watched Two and a Half Men on a Flight once. An emetic is used to induce vomiting in the case of poisoning. If using one, perhaps you should get something to throw up in. So swing by a wine tasting. Dump buckets. The higher level of the Tower Bridge in London has a glass floor. It's above the lower portion of the bridge used by vehicles and pedestrians. Creation is the name of an organic juice chain in California. Cree Summer is a veteran voice actress who has played many children such as Susie from the Rugrats and Elmira from Tiny Toon Adventures. African American vernacular English is a linguistic term that is meant to encompass the specific dialects and grammar used by some African Americans in all regions of North America. Complexities are generalized. There's a great video on YouTube called AAVE is Not Internet Culture with Danielle Young that's worth checking out. TikTok is doing more harm than just making you feel old. Hi. Hey, Shondalia. Hi, Rainy. I'm well. How about you? I'm all right. You having some mimosas? (laughs) I had a drink last night. It was more like, was it Don Julio, I think it was? (laughs) One of the Dons? (laughs) Yeah, my husband made that drink for me last night. It was a night of drinks. If it was a bad drink, we could call it a Don Jr. I know. (laughs) I really like it. It has, what is it, ginger beer, and I think he puts like lime or something in it. Yum. It's still rolling on it. I like that. (laughs) Reminds me of the holidays where I'm kind of drunk the whole time. Just a little bit. I learned my lesson. So I used to drink actually a lot more than I do now. I would say now I drink maybe like once a week. Yeah. And on the holidays, 
sometimes I get a little bit too hyped up because I cook for my husband's family. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I start drinking while I'm cooking, which is not a good idea. A little bit for me, a little bit for you, a little bit for me. Right. And then I start messing up the food. And I'm a good cook, so I can't mess up my food. <laughs> can't compromise. I made stew, and I was so excited to have a little of that wine I bought for the stew. Mm-hmm. When I realized it needs the whole bottle, it really funked up in my whole experience. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. in a little bit? Right. Was it a red wine? Yes. Luckily, I did have a less impressive wine to satisfy my personal three-year-old throwing a tantrum. <laughs> yeah. I learned a lot more about drinks going wine tasting Yes, years ago. And I went to Solving to Mm -hmm. go wine tasting. It's it's super nice over there. I like it. Yeah, I did that too. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. Oh, did you do the wine tour where they take you on like a little van or whatever and they take you around the city? (laughs) Yeah, there was a bus involved. I think we went to only three places though. Oh, they took us to a lot. So, of course, I didn't know you're supposed... I was like, why do they have us spitting it out? Or, you know, just sipping. We went to so many places. By the end of it, I could barely see straight. We went to dinner. I was laughing. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so drunk. So, yeah, I learned my lesson with that. And then I had another wine tasting I did here in L.A. And that was with the food pairing. Mm -hmm. That was back before I cut my dairy, unless I'm being paid. If I'm being paid, I'll eat it. Lactose tolerant based on the pay scale. Right. You know, and this is the thing. I'm not lactose intolerant, supposedly. I have a sensitivity to dairy. Mm -hmm. I think it's still like an allergy because I get a migraine like instantly. And then also it messes with my sinuses, Mm -hmm. but not my stomach. Oh, funny. It sounds even more like an allergy. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean a sensitivity? I feel like it's an allergy. They're like, no, you're fine. But I was like, I'm going to cut it because my nose is itching. When I'm talking to people, it's a mess. Oh, no. Yeah. Call it an allergy. Call it whatever. Sometimes your body doesn't agree with things. You're not allergic to black pepper, but if you swallow like a cup of it, you're not going to do well. Yeah. You're not so hot. For me, I would get heartburn because for some reason, my body hates me and I've gotten heartburn for the last, I don't know how many years. The GERD, (laughs) it's a mess. And I like, well, my family says that I never really like spicy food, but I did like spicy food. Like I used to eat hot Cheetos. You're gaslighting you. Yeah. Your spicy history. Thank you. I was like, um, excuse you. Yeah, I used to eat hot Cheetos and I like jalapenos on nachos because nachos used to be like my favorite food. And now I don't eat it unless it's like a vegan one just because of the cheese and then all the spice. And now with the heartburn, it's just too much with the tomatoes and everything. I'm just like, forget it. (laughs) It's a good combination platter. Yes. And after you deal with it for so long, it's a mess. I went to a nutritionist to get it back on track. And guess what I found out? I burned out the lining of my stomach. Oh, God. Yeah. It's rebuilt now. Oh, good. Bionic woman. (laughs) They have this powder. It tastes like cocoa almost. And it rebuilds the lining of your stomach. It's pretty cool. Whoa. You got it from the nutritionist? Yeah, I think it's called Glutenogenics. Is it kind of dark gray? It looks like a grayish brown, almost like sand. I think I've seen it. And it's probably less expensive than surgery, right? Right. (laughs) And Lord knows I've had enough surgeries. I'm good. Oh, my God. So that's why we don't hear about it, because there's probably not much profit in that gray powder, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure, because they probably make people get surgery for that, right? I've had three. (gasps) Are you serious? Yeah. I was so bad when I finally got an endoscopy. When I was 16, I had more than 10 ulcers already. (gasps) Oh, 
my gosh. But I have a genetic condition that's unique to me. But saying that, I think my history could have been very different if we had started out with effective, non-surgical, non-extreme methods instead Mm -hmm. of being thrown around to people who just had me try different medications for a while that never really... They don't work. ...solve the problem. I mean, Mm -hmm. in my situation, they were Band-Aids. For other people, that's what they need. The problem is fixed. Awesome. But when you're 16 and you have over 10 ulcers, you've been seeing the wrong people, man. Yeah. (laughs) I was just about to say, like... Uh, yeah, no. You know, I feel like that's the case with a lot of doctors, especially when it comes to either women's issues or like general health issues that they don't want to spend the time to take more of a natural approach towards Mm -hmm. that can literally be fixed with natural approaches and just adjusting your diet or, you know, stress management, things like that. A lot of things can actually be helped via that and they definitely make more money off the pharmaceutical stuff so they could care less about us. Oh, for sure. And I think there's got to be an aspect that a lot of doctors deal with that they find taboo and they don't want to touch a taboo because telling someone to quit their job as the best, most effective remedy for their treatment. (laughs) You can't do that. Right. You can't tell somebody you need to get a divorce. (laughs) You need to quit your stressful job because all of this is not going to go away if you're this stressed out every day. It's just too taboo. You can't tell people to change their life in that way. You know, but I had to do that. It's so funny you say that because one of my doctors was like, look, this was years ago before I became a full-time actor. And I was under so much stress. Also, I didn't realize I burned my throat out at that time. So I had polyps on my vocal cords and thank goodness I didn't have oh. to have surgery. Yeah, girl. Oh my like, God. Yeah, I know. So bad for your wonderful voice. I was so pissed. <laughs> I was pissed. So I used to do classical singing lessons, right? Mm. And just to help support my voice, I've been singing most of my life, but I don't consider myself a singer. I'm more of, I can sing if I need to, but I'm not like a singer, like real people. You know what I mean? They're not about to cast me for the lead singer. I can be your backup. (laughs) If you want me to be funny and sing, I got to. Anything like that. So you can be the Kelly, but Beyonce might be better for somebody else. Yes, exactly. Like, I can make you look good, girl. (laughs) I know my position. (laughs) Or be the ordeur. Yes. The hot dish. But I was singing... And I've been losing my voice back when I did choir in high school. And I couldn't figure out why I would lose my voice, which is why I'm not a full singer, because I couldn't figure that out when I was younger. Later, I found out the way that you're laughing, the way that pretty much everything that was on the list, I was doing. On ways you can get polyps. I was like, are you serious? I've been doing this shit for years. (laughs) Just everything. So, yeah, I had to go to vocal therapy. I couldn't talk. There was no noise that would come out of my mouth. Even if I went like, who? Nothing. Whoa. Nothing was there. I was so nervous. It took a couple months for me to get my voice back. I had surgery, but the surgery was nasal surgery. I had a Uh deviated septum and enlarged turbinates, which make it hard for the air to go up your nose. Okay. So apparently all this together was making me work harder, in other words. Breathing, just regular breathing and speaking. Not even the fancy stuff. Yeah, just being alive. (laughs) I was like, how was I living? They literally were like, how have you been breathing this whole time? I was like, I don't know. Have you ever gone to the ENT and they put the little camera up your nose and it goes in your throat? I've had so many tubes in me. (laughs) 
I'm sure that hole has been violated. I lose track. I've had so many cameras and medical assaults on my body. I feel you. I know the sensation because I had a motility study in my stomach. I had to spend maybe 24 hours with a little kit in my pocket that had a tube in my nose, and then it went into my stomach. So you can imagine how active I was for 24 hours. Yeah, that's a lot. I have a Walkman in my pocket that ends in my stomach. (laughs) I know which one you're talking about, too. This one is tiny. It's not even big, but it feels weird. So you had that at the ENT? Yeah. They put it down your nose, and this is how they knew I needed to have the surgery, because they couldn't even get it in. Oh, no. (laughs) They couldn't get it in. It's cute when a guy says it, but... Yes. You don't want to hear that whispered in your ear by your doctor, no. Right. He was like, have you broken your nose? And I was like, you know, it's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Last I checked, I don't think I face-planted after skateboarding. Dude, I've ran into windows. Okay, maybe you have. (laughs) Okay, so I have ran into windows, like full force, head-on glass window to face. (laughs) My poor hummingbird chandelier. (laughs) I have ran into a tree, like head-on, looking the other way, turn around, bam. I passed out for a couple minutes. I think I probably had a concussion. This was like in elementary school. Oh. <laughs> they just took me to the office. Like, are you kidding? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have literally been punched in the face. Oh. Like hardcore. I've had so many instances. I honestly don't know. I'm so clumsy. And I've had stuff happen that it could have broken. I've had a kickball hit me in the face. Lots of variety. <laughs> you have been punched, but you've also been hit by a tree. Yeah. It just runs the full gamut. Yes, all while I was a kid. It's just so much has happened. Yeah, dude, it could be anything. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we need to reset it. When he asked you, have you broken your nose before? I feel like the camera zoomed in on your eyes and we could see flashes of all of these confusions. Sound effects like... Yours sound better than mine. Mine were too, too, too. Yours actually sound like the actual flashback. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a lot more noise in there, I'm sure. I'm trying. Straight up. And, you know, now that I think about it, that's probably why I used to have migraines. Oh, man. <laughs> Broken? Yeah. Because it wasn't twisted on the outside, I didn't know. And parents don't believe you if something is more wrong than it appears. No. They're like, shut up. Put some ice on it. Go lay down. Didn't I put that icy hot on it last night? Right. <laughs> vapor rub. Go put some vapor rub. <laughs> <laughs> Go lay down. Everything is go lay down. <laughs> Do you know I used to get car sick? Like pretty was severe. It, was it related? You, you know, it is. It's a inner ear issue, but I was not aware of this. Again, my entire childhood. So I suffered severely. Like suffer. And we used to go on family trips every summer to the East Coast. And I would get so sick in a car. Like I would be like, Ugh. and my mom would be like, be quiet. I'm like, I don't feel good. And she's just like, drink some water. I hate the smell of leather in the car. Oh, hot leather when you're nauseous is the worst. Or that new car scent, terrible. Nausea scent. That's what I want to call it. People buy that. 
for the smell of their car. And when I get it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot. I can empathize. I still get sick in the car. It's such a lonely feeling when you're a kid and you have physical problems that your parents just can't relate to. Mm -hmm. They don't get it. They just think you're fine. You're alive. That's all they care about. (laughs) Well, I've never gotten out of some cars, so you're good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They almost think it's just because kids get irritable on a long car ride Mm -hmm. and they just choke it up to you just being a kid. And you're like, no, I feel like I want to vomit. Actually, I just did. (laughs) Parents, something is wrong if they barf on the merry-go-round. They're not okay. Ugh, I hate carnival rides. Oh, yeah. I have gotten so sick. Like the circle stuff. You know how you can buy an emetic? Mm-hmm. The physical manifestation is any of those spinning rides. Ugh. Oh, no, she drank poison. Quick. <laughs> Get the tilt-a-whirl. <laughs> Get the tilt-a-whirl. <laughs> or the damn, what is that thing where it starts off slow and then those swings? No, where you think the chain is about to pop at any point. Uh Uh-uh. Probably will. Seriously, like they do sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) No, thanks. But I was a roller coaster kid. I actually did used to ride roller coasters. Until I got a little older, they started making me sick. If they jerked too much, Mm -hmm. my ear was bleeding on one of them because it hit the, you know, the little thing that goes over your face. It's there to help cushion, but it's so hard. It's like a rock. (laughs) You got it from the front and the side. Yes. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Okay, maybe I'm done with roller coasters. (laughs) I used to love them. I was like, yep, it's over. I guess I always had a healthy fear of death. Kids aren't supposed to have that. (laughs) I've always been the wet blanket. I don't know, guys. (laughs) What was that stick with a ball on it in grade school. It's like a flagpole that's not very tall. Uh, what is it called? I'm the worst with names of anything. People, things. <laughs> Unless I say it all the time. All of those schoolyard activities had simple ass names though, like stick ball. Right. And that might stick actually ball. be it. <laughs> Handball, four squares, two square ball, ball two. <laughs> stick ball, four squares. Like seriously, I think that's it. <laughs> anyway, I had the fear early. I want to avoid what's going on with Chandelier, who I've never met, getting my face hit. Did you wear glasses when you were a kid? No, I didn't wear glasses until I was like 17. Oh, okay. I think that might instill a fear about protecting your face in a different way, maybe. I was rough. (laughs) It's weird. I'm a girly girl, but at the same time, I've always been super freaking rough. So I'm like a (laughs) straight up tomboy. And also I had a lot of rage. So (laughs) I love sports. And I'm one of those people that if I'm afraid of it, I'll do something to make myself not afraid of it because I have a lot of phobias and I don't like it. So I'll be like, you got to face this fear. Oh, wow. (laughs) You're brave. I'm wondering what list of phobias you have. Oh, my gosh. I've been psychoanalyzing myself for years, but (laughs) I realized, oh, I got some for real phobias. Okay, so one of the phobias was heights for a while. Oh, yeah. Like oh. hardcore. And one of the reasons, going back to the damn swings, when I was oh. a little kid at school, somebody bullied me, probably kindergarten or first grade. 
And I was swinging on a swing in the playground, and one of the big kids pushed me. And at first, I thought they were just being nice and making me go higher. But you know how kids used to try to pop the swing? Mm -hmm. They did that to me and were trying to flip me off the swing. And wow. I was holding on for dear life and, like, crying. You're seeing where the rage came from. Oh, swing rage today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that made me afraid of heights and stuff, too. So what I started to do to overcome heights is I started jumping off of stuff. Yeah, like, I don't know where that came from, but everybody was jumping off the, so again, tomboy. So my friends at the playground, they would jump off of, like, the jungle gyms or whatever, you know. They'd be like, let's jump off this. And you land the chalky rocks, and you get all dirty. And then in the neighborhood, I'm from Flint, so people were jumping off roofs. <laughs> it's not just the mean streets of Flint, it's the mean roofs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was straight up jumping off the roof of like garages and houses and we would land on mattresses yeah girl but it started helping me overcome my fears and i think that's why i became a roller coaster person i couldn't do those carnival rides because of the motion sickness but most roller coasters didn't give me the same sensation mm -hmm. also i trust six flags a lot more than a rickety rack five dollar well people michiganders we go to cedar point because cedar point is better than six flags uh <laughs> even though it's in ohio which we do not like the heat is on <laughs> You have your own parkour for kids. <laughs> right. So that's one of them. I had a fear of bees and like wasps. I was stung in my back different times by bees. I had one time they went up my dress and stung me in my back. And I started ah. taking off my dress outside. I was taking it off and bees were just flying out. And I was a runner growing up and I got stung in practice one time. We were in a field. A lot of bugs in Michigan. I had those pheromones that they love. And they threw me in my back again. Like, I started running. It got me. Like, <laughs> it's so expensive at this point where I will sit in my car and watch the flight pattern of bees or wasps before I get out my car if I see a lot of them. So I can look wow. for an opening to go in the house. It's expensive. Expensive? It's expensive. It's like in depth. Oh, extensive. Okay. So yes. I was hearing expensive. Like, how much are you spending on, <laughs> on bee research? I'm like, so according to my calculations, after I spent at least $10,000. We've got a great handle on the bee situation. <laughs> They're like, wow. Send the invoice to my bee guy. Right. I have not fully overcome that one. But I want to. It's stupid. And I get so mad because I can't enjoy outdoors. That's not conducive to having a good time. No. I was really afraid of spiders. But now that I have a house, I'm not as afraid, which is interesting. Maybe being a property owner changed your opinion on their trespassing. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, kill the other stuff. There's so many other things. Yeah. <laughs> when they get in the house, believe me, they're getting sucked up by the Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is my house now. Get out. Yeah. And so we spray the house and stuff, but they still come in. You know, they're insects. So sometimes they stay. Sometimes they just hide while, you know, the poison is out until it wears off and then they come back. And <laughs> they know. They're smart. They're like you in the car. Yeah, right. <laughs> Okay. They've been observing me. They're like, okay, give her like 20 minutes. She'll be back. But you started the marinade. Right. Right. For the first time, I saw a black widow in my garage while I was working out. It was a baby one. That's even worse, isn't it? Aren't they just full of poison? I don't know. I left it. I didn't want to bother it because it went away from me. It was so non-aggressive. So I was like, 
Wow. Okay, I'll wait. After I was done, I was going to get it, but now it left, and I was like, damn it. So I'm probably going to meet it again when it's large and I'm terrified. <laughs> Find a way to your face. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to have Alex spray again, like just spray the garage. They're there. I feel bad. <laughs> But I'm like, everything dies. (laughs) How is Alex with bugs? You know, he's not nearly as bad as me, but because I overreact sometimes, he'll be like, what, what? Because I'll be like, "Ah," you know, (laughs) but no, he's not nearly as like heebie-jeebie as me. I mean, he was in the military. That may have something to do with it because he's probably seen a lot of desert bugs and He's a native California or L.A. person, you know. Yeah, we don't have scorpions. Right. <laughs> Not too bad. I mean, nowadays, you never know. I feel like every bug is migrating to Los Angeles. Like, we have the killer <laughs> wasp. And where did they come from? Some weird killer bird. You're like, what? Where did that come from? I mean, there's so many things that are coming here. And those little beetle things that aren't supposed to be here. It's the one that, like, hits you in the face. The dumb ones. Yeah. yeah. The ones that like literally run into your mouth. <laughs> I hate them. They fly like drunk drivers. Yes, they do. Uh, uh, the they are the laziest bugs. I found out why they are attracted to me because they don't know what my hair is. When they look at my fro. Oh, no. They think it's a nest, girl. No. Yep. No. So they try to go in my hair. The nerve. I'm like, you beast will die. It becomes survival of the fittest. Racist little bugs. Yeah, they love the hair. They love it. So I have to cover my head with a hoodie when I'm going outside just so they won't run into my hair. Oh, no. It's so ridiculous. People are like, oh, he won't do anything. We used to catch him and play with him on a string. I'm like, listen, so I got a bat. I have a swat and a bat. So when I see it, it's getting swat, and I'm going to hit it with the bat. And they probably have hair thin as a Halloween wig for 15 bucks. <laughs> They're so jealous. One track, one layer. Yeah, and it doesn't attack them at all. I hate those. That's another phobia. I've got the heights really bad. That's the only one I can think of that affects my life a lot. <laughs> so no bungee jumping, no skydiving. I won't even do bumper cars. So when it comes to risk taking, <laughs> I'm, I'm way beyond reasonable. But literally heights, though. I have a hard time looking out the window if I'm in a tall building. Oh, I feel you. We were in Europe in London. Is it the London Bridge? The bottom is not on it. It's glass. So you walk across and it's just glass. No. I had a panic attack. Oh. I took a picture. I sat down at the edge so you can see me and Alex is dying laughing in tears laughing at me in the picture. You're crying in the picture, aren't you? I'm crying. Flushing to the side, screaming. Full-blown tears. Sheer panic. I thought I'm like, I'm going to die. <laughs> I would be exactly the same. It would be me on Santa's lap when I was five. The same thing. Reaching out for help. <laughs> Not on Santa's lap. <laughs> Anything but this. It's like one step away from the floor. <laughs> You're like, uh-uh, it's too high. It's too high. It is. I don't have wings. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have this high. My ancestors did not evolve to be more than five foot four above the ground. That is hilarious. On Santa's lap. <laughs> Pure terror. Oh. Old creepy guy sitting on laps. What the hell is this that we created? Yeah, it is creepy. It's definitely creepy. <laughs> Especially as an adult, you're like, no, screw this guy. Santa phobias. Oh, yeah. So how did your nasal situation turn out? It turned out great. I can breathe regular now. I mean, it's still a struggle because I talk a lot. 
So I have to Mm -hmm. be very conscious. There are certain things that you don't think about that mess up your throat. And after learning that GERD was actually affecting it, I was, because I was like, you know, I always had this little pain. And she's like, oh, that's from GERD. Uh Laryngeal reflux, when the reflux goes all the way up there. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. it's like gut juice. (laughs) Gut juice and throw up. (laughs) It literally comes back up and it's sitting in your damn throat. It's annoying as hell. That's the worst smoothie at creation. (laughs) Right. And your voice is your life. Our voices oh. are our jobs. And sometimes you get these general doctors who don't quite understand how important it is for us to not blow out our voice. Right. You know what? I stopped going. Like, I go to specialists. Even my ENT, they specialize in people that use their voice oh. as a career. Oh, Let's get married. I want one. You know, one of the ladies that I used to go to, she just opened her own practice. Problem is, they don't take insurance, so it's expensive. It always goes hand in hand. The people that can really help you, oh, by the way, we don't take insurance. I know. They're like, it's because they don't cover this type of care with the insurance. It sucks because a lot of people, you're not about to spend like thousands of dollars each time you go to the damn ENT. Mm-hmm. I've been really on my health this year, especially doing so much more voiceover and mm-hmm. stand-up. But TV is a little bit different when I'm on camera. I mean, you're using your voice, but it's a little bit different, you know? Yes. It's not the same stress as voice actors and stand-up comics. It's a totally different ball game with our voices. For sure. I wrecked my voice yesterday. Maybe you can relate to this. I know you can do a lot of different characters, but I'm not sure how regularly you get vocal strain characters. Mm. Some people can talk with a raspy voice day and night, but I'm kind of a rocket ship, like full steam ahead, shoot into the air, and then I crash down. I only have so much energy. I naturally have texture and a raspy voice, Mm -hmm. so... I've been lucky. A lot of the characters I've done recently are literally in my normal speaking range, maybe a little bit higher slightly Mm -hmm. and maybe just a tad bit in my lower range. So it hasn't killed me in a while. Mm -hmm. But if I do like the cartoony, super low, really down, Mm -hmm. somewhere down there, even that doesn't Mm -hmm. feel bad for me because I'm still kind of using my regular voice yeah, doesn't hurt. Place. Yeah, it's in a healthy place, so it doesn't hurt. But say if I'm doing like a little boy. Little boys will wreck your voice. And I tell them, because I've had vocal injury, if it's like a preschool type of thing, I don't think I'm the best fit. I'll do the tweens. And most of the little dudes I'm doing are a little more urban. So, you know, they talk like this. they more like up here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's a little like pre-summer. Yes, definitely. More higher pitch. A little higher pitch, so I'm not in danger zone. If he gets a little bit older, it can start getting into danger zone doing that too often. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious. When you get copy and you know the subtext is, we want this kid to sound like he's from the hood, African-American, mm-hmm. vernacular English. How does right. he write that? Because I'm going to guess it's a little coded. Yeah, I mean, it depends who the writer is. <laughs> uh, what I think is funny, first of all, when people try to write stuff for black people, you can tell they don't have black people in the actual room because what they think African-American vernacular is, is not actually how we talk. <laughs> you can see it clear as day. Like they put a highlighter. Yeah. Non-black person wrote this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? Nobody I know. My dad is from the East Coast. I spend a lot of time on the East Coast. I'm from Michigan. I have family in the South. Like, I don't know any 
ain't black people that talk like this. So I'm like, <laughs> what is this? A lot of times I'm already there where I'm like, I'm going to have to tell them what it should sound like. <laughs> yeah, I just be like, it don't even make sense. We don't say that kind of stuff. Or it's a very small group of people that actually sound like that. <laughs> Usually it's like super urban <laughs> or they'll use that African-American vernacular. Black people don't know what the f*** that is. We like, what's African-American vernacular? Because depending on where you're from, it's more regional than it is like yeah. a vernacular. It's just like anybody else. So my girl, Jenny, she white. She sounds just like me because we from Flint. Yeah. She's not from the burbs. She's from Flint. So we all sound alike. And you would probably think she was a black girl. She not putting on a voice. That's just how she grew up. Yeah. None of us really know what the hell it is. So it's just like, what are you talking about? So that's more frustrating for me. And then they just say they use slang. Oh, no. Maybe throw some, because they'll say that too. They use slang. It's more like they're trying really hard not to be offensive. Or he's street. He's from so, the hood. Yeah. Or sometimes they'll just be like, he's from the mean streets of New York. Something like that. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I know what they mean. You're from the mean roofs of Michigan. Right. And you know what? This is the thing. Thank goodness. Yeah, I grew up in Flint, but I grew up very middle class. And I have very wealthy family that are not middle class. They're above that. And then I have family that are super, super not. You know, they're poor. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the middle. So I can relate to all of it. I know what they're trying to say. Because even if I didn't have that experience, I know someone that has. And also, I'm an actor. Yeah. I remember when I first started acting, that bothered me. When I used to do improv, was mm. like, oh, because you know that shit come up in improv. Your worst qualities will just bubble up in an improv scene. They're like, you know what? It's only funny if you stereotypical. Can you do the hood, non-educated black? Because other stuff not funny. You know what All I mean? Time. All the f-ing time. Clearly, I didn't like doing improv. Yeah. Now I don't take it personal, probably because I'm much more trained. I have more confidence and I know it's not like me and there are people that do exist, whatever they're trying to say, even though most time it's not the right stuff. I usually know what to do in order to deliver it and I just do it. I'm like, okay, this is what they want. They're from Chicago. All right, cool. (laughs) It's annoying because when they're trying to write for it, just put some black people in the room. And not a black person that ain't never lived in the hood. Because they don't know either. They're going to be just like you, clueless, writing some shit. She's not going to know how to write this either. No. I saw somebody's sides once that said, looking for a warm Oprah type or what was the other one? Wanda Sykes with the edge or something like that. (laughs) Maya Angelou type. She said, do you know how often I see this? Oh, yeah. I actually have seen it within the last couple months a couple times. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. They just name drop both of those? Both those people. It'll go Oprah, my Angelou. I'll get Wanda Sykes, um, Tiffany Haddish. They'll do that. What are some other ones that are on there? Oh, Maya, too. Maya Rudolph. That's kind of an odd one to put because I associate her with impressions. That's what I'm saying. I literally ignore half of it. I'll be like, uh, yeah, because she's an actor that does a bunch of impressions. (laughs) I'm almost a thousand percent sure you don't mean her regular voice. Just doing your own thing, you're probably giving them more what they want than what they say they want. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I will say they're getting a little bit better. Now, sometimes they'll go, this person in this film or as this character. That's a little bit better. 
because yeah. now I feel like, especially with the Black Lives Matter stuff, they've been like, why don't we just be a little bit better about this? <laughs> Let's try. What do we want? Incremental change. When do we want it? You know, now's good. You know, let's try it now. They're kind of angry. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate that more when they send the links and they give you an oh, yeah. example of what they're talking about because it can be so general. Like, I recently had someone say, like, do one in an accent and one without. And I was like, okay, what kind of accent? <laughs> like your accent. French? Like what? Oh. What is my accent, though? What do you mean? Black. Oh. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's the race. <laughs> Dialect is a whole different thing, guys. Yeah. Let's start over. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and it's fine. Yep. I, I didn't know what to do, so I just did whatever I wanted. I feel like whatever I do, I sound black. <laughs> Even if I throw in a valley girl, I feel like I sound like a black valley girl. Hey, <laughs> you give them you. Yeah. I have the privilege of not coming across racially charged copy, but I can relate to stuff where it could mean anything, like what they're saying. Mm-hmm. The one I come across the most that boggles my mind is nerdy. There's a lot of different kind of nerdy. Right. If it's animation, I feel like I'll be creative. I'll come up with something. But if it's commercial copy and they want nerdy, well, what the hell is that? <laughs> Right. My MacBook is just so incredible. No. (laughs) Or do the nerdy without the teeth. Do that one. (laughs) This is Renny Rivas performing nerdy without the teeth. Do you need teeth to talk? I feel like my teeth are a big part of my vocalization. (laughs) If I had no teeth, it'd just be like Jabba the Hutt. But that's the kind of stuff they'll say. They'll go like, but no fuck tooth. When they really mean list. Yeah, I literally have seen that. No teeth, but nerdy. (laughs) No teeth. Or they'll go, but no nasal. (laughs) I'm like, okay, but isn't that what makes it nerdy? Like you said, what they're looking for is that. That's what they think nerdy is. But I'm nerdy. Yeah. And I don't sound like that. (laughs) It can be all kinds of things. How is Alex doing? Oh, he's great. Yeah, I know it's a really sensitive topic right now to ask if he has family in Armenia and how you guys are doing. But I feel remiss not to ask you because it's very serious. It's a big thing going on right now. Yeah, you know, he only has an uncle there. His uncle is fine. And Alex is Barskahai, which is Persian-Armenian. Yes. They're from Iran. Yes. Yes, for uh, Armenians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they had to leave Armenia, you know, after the genocide. They left and were in Iran. Then the shot of Iran stuff went down. Is that? Yep. Then they came here. Yeah. Exactly. So fortunately, his family, his uncle actually recently just moved back there. So we, you know... I don't know if you saw, but I've been doing my little web series. Yes, this actress is really funny. I grew up with Armenian neighbors and her character and her look and her background and everything, all the lines, they just remind me so much of an Armenian party where you're having little Armenian coffee and the pastries like gata and what's the other one? Girl, they got so many pastries. Nazuk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nazuk, uh-huh. So we show how we're more alike than we are different. It's great. You guys are really funny and so standalone. You could split it up and post your own video, just your side. Yeah. It'd be great. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you like it. It's really (laughs) cute. 
sometimes, you know, people don't understand and they'll think that it's literally an autobiography and it's totally not. I don't have an aunt Bartouche. <laughs> Honestly, I could because Armenians have like the same name. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, it's like specific Armenian names and actually Bartouche is one of them. We all know Bartons. We all right, know. right, right, right. There's like a lot of the same names. We got some Hovik. Hovik. <laughs> you know the HOVs. Hovik. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. But yeah, we just wanted to be like something to bring some fun and comedy. We combined our experiences, some stuff we literally just made up. We were like, how can we bring the characters together? And I was like, well, it would make sense. Since I am married to an Armenian, I talk about being a Blarmenian, which is a honorary Armenian because, you know, uh, I'm married in. The backwards Kardashian, what do you call it? <laughs> I forgot you because we did stand up together. <laughs> oh, what do I say? I go reverse Kardashian. <laughs> I remember all the music and the dancing. Mm-hmm. Talking about what you have in common, I was thinking that black families and Armenian families, when they're dancing, the hands go up. Mm-hmm. So you throw the hands up. The whole time. <laughs> if that's not the tie that binds, yep. like a wedding. Oh, <laughs> man. But Armenian weddings are off the hook. Never a small Armenian wedding. No. An intimate affair. No. <laughs> we didn't do it. Alex and I have been together for a really long time. We started dating very young. We've been together for over 10 years before we got married. Wow. And people don't realize that. So we got married. Yeah, we're newlyweds. But I've been learning you about the it. culture and knowing a lot of the stuff for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I went to a bunch of Armenian weddings. I've been invited to people's weddings that I don't even know because they like partying with me. <laughs> you were partying with Armenians so much you got carpal tunnel. Right. Oh, and they don't want to end that damn party. No. <laughs> All the hand twisting. Yes. I love eating for hours. Like every hour, little plates come out. Oh. Yeah. You ever cook Armenian food? You know, I do. We eat a lot of horovats, which is Armenian barbecue I've made doma. Mm-hmm. Not all the time. It's usually just when my husband wants it. He's not. Comfort he's food. a girl. He loves black food too. So, <laughs> okay. Well, if you ever make a lot of sujuk, I would drive over just for your leftovers. <laughs> I keep you posted, girl. Do you ever integrate traditional black cooking with Armenian stuff? I'm thinking like dolmas made with greens. On the holidays, we eat black food. Good. You're in the kitchen. Yeah. It's black, girl. We eat sweet potato souffle. We eat greens. We eat like dressing, not stuffing. We eat dressing. My mom's family from the South. Like they're from Georgia. So I learned how to Southern cook. Okay, well, now that I'm starving, I better go have lunch. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to eat some sad frozen food and think of you good, good fresh cooking. Oh, poor baby. Well, I had to make have, you something. Have you ever done that? You eat a sad meal and you watch a cooking show. Like, it's almost better. <laughs> I don't eat a lot of sad meals. <laughs> I'm so boozy. No, no, no. I'm glad you're not watching Jamie Oliver with a frozen bowl. Oh, God, no. They put the whole dinner in one bowl. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's been so good talking to you. You too. And GERD stuff. I've tried all kinds of things. I'm familiar with medications and everything. So if you're trying something new, I welcome you to check in with me if I can help at all. Totally. Well, I'll hit you up. I mean it. I appreciate you. Have a good lunch. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Today's episode was brought to you by former Destiny's Child member Kelly Rowland, new car smell, and sad food. Please stay on the line for our season one finale with Lindsay Carosa.
Great.